This is the Church Planting Podcast, brought to you by the Broadcast Network. Broadcast exists to support, train and encourage church planters. For more information about who we are or about the training that we offer, please visit our website at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org. Hello, welcome to episode 158 of the Broadcast Podcast. We started last week a conversation called Unlock with myself, that's Tom O'Toole and Tim Simmons, uh, talking about how the church comes out of lockdown. And last week we were talking about some of the big questions that we should be asking. And we ended the conversation uh, by saying there was an area to explore around Sundays and how we value them and do we value them enough? Should we value them more? And it sounded, Tim, like you had uh, some thoughts around this that you wanted to, to share and then we can dig into a bit today. Uh, do you want to kick us off by talking about the thoughts in your head around Sundays and we'll see where we go from there? Yeah, um, thanks Tom. I think as we've uh, gone through lockdown, obviously um, you kind of question the reason that you do things in life and why you do things and I think the church has done that as well with some of its kind of practical stuff and um, I, I feel like Sunday, our Sunday gatherings is... Um, it's a funny one in church life. It kind of goes through waves of being a quite fashionable thing to think and talk about and then quite unfashionable. And I wonder if we had um, <clears throat> definitely, I think in the UK church, maybe gone through a time of where it being a little bit unfashionable. People have reacted against um, what they would say is attractional um, in um, like Sunday service style or kind of an attractional model of organising your church, which I always think is funny it's a funny way to approach it because the opposite is unattractive isn't it so you think well what are you trying to create but so but that had made the kind of conversation about Sundays a little bit unfashionable like we'd played it played it down a little bit uh, what uh, the importance of what Sunday service was and I mean I've heard various uh, pastors over the years say um, that they would tell their people uh, if you've got a chance to hang out with some non-Christians don't turn up on Sunday so do evangelism like that is more important than gathering um, as a church um, and actually one guy who said that to me then a number of years later said it was just a huge mistake <laughs> just a huge mistake and that took years to unpick um, and also the often the narrative around discipleship is quite um, assuming a one-to-one relationship with them uh, with a personal discipling relationship um, and really would downplay the usefulness even of a Sunday service um, for um, kind of discipling people and being a disciple, I suppose. Um, and so I, I think um, COVID and lockdown was almost almost a mass experiment in no physical church. Now, obviously, we did online services, which we can think about a bit as well. But um, I, I think actually that, that kind of experiment for me over over months, it didn't happen straight away, revealed... Um, the kind of deeper importance of a physical gathered Sunday service that perhaps we've been a bit sniffy about. And I remember talking with a friend of mine who's a pastor in the Ukraine. And I was saying to him, I, I just, I said, look, I've noticed in my church over the years, over maybe 10 years, 11 years, um, that uh, what somebody considers, considers a consistent attendance has shifted. <laughs> so where it used to be, you would consistently attend, you would do maybe four out of five Sundays, you would be there. Uh, and maybe even like less than that. 
uh, you would be very consistent. But that has shifted now to actually maybe two or three out of five Sundays. If I'm there, that is pretty consistent. And uh, and I wonder if, um, <clears throat> I mean, who knows whether COVID has set that back or forward. I have no idea. We'll find out. But I, I suspect, in my mind, actually, as you've watched your uh, the people of your church and uh, kind of react and deal with the situation, you've seen actually everybody just wanting to be with other people um, and kind of highlighting the importance of Sunday. Even those who are nervous of coming back because of, lockdown and because of health issues I think there's still a recognition that I, I really want to get back to this it's important to get back to even if they're nervous of it and others who are just kind of charging in you having to remind them to put a face mask on and wash their hands so I think there's a um I think the there is actually something really important to think about what why Sunday's gathered church like that in that routine way is so important why it's so useful how covid and lockdown has changed our perception of that and what how do we utilize that um, going forward um, does that make sense tom that makes a lot of sense yeah there's there's a lot to unpack in there as well um it, it made me think like when i first became a christian I, I started going to a church just around the corner from where i lived that had i think it was three services every sunday so like a 9 a.m and 11 a.m and then an evening service and I kind of bounced a bit between the 11am and the evening service as I was getting into church life. And I remember there was a, a uni event that day um, that took all day. And like I was saying to a friend of mine who I'd met, um, you know, I think I want to go to this uni event. So I'll go to the nine o'clock service today so um, that I can spend the rest of my day at the event. And he was like, Tom, you don't have to go to church every Sunday. And it was the first time that that idea had even crossed my head like the normal for me was i'm a christian i'm following jesus i'll go to church on sunday i will gather with other believers i'll hear bible teaching i'll sing we'll pray together and that was it wasn't even a question for me until the moment that that he said that um and i don't know why i carried that assumption i don't think i've been taught that it just seemed seemed obvious but from what you're saying and i've seen the same thing myself that gets unpicked a lot in in all different ways um there's a few bits i want to pick up on but why why don't we start by just trying to pin down what it is that someone misses out on if they don't get along to church on a sunday or what, what do you think are the big things that they're lacking if they miss a week or miss a few weeks or are intermittent i think the big big thing you miss out on is uh the formative power of habit, right? So I, I think the, and it's interesting you, you, what your mate said to you, you don't have to go to church every week. Well, no, you don't have to do any habit, um, but actually the, the formative power of habitually doing the same thing every Sunday and actually the same um, uh, worshiping, like sung worship, um, maybe listening to the preach, maybe communion, um, and uh, at CCM, we would do communion every week, which is the only church I've ever been in my whole life where we do it every week. And actually, I love it. Um, and uh, and the argument against it would be, well, won't it become a bit routine? Uh, and the, the opposite argument is what a brilliant routine to be in. Uh, so there's this formative. I think the power of habit is so important. Uh, and as um, as a parent, I'm aware of this. I know people who've got kids much older than mine who've 
kind of are not interested in church have drifted away from their faith and uh, don't don't want to know anymore um and the parents say don't understand why that happens and you kind of and i and one of the things was you think well you would go away on holiday you would go visit family you would go away for a weekend sometimes you just wouldn't bother even if you're in town and actually you, the number of times you turned up actually was not habit forming enough and so you've not actually in family um for example just in that context won't be true for everyone but in family i think that you lose that habit um so i i think from a personal kind of what the effect on an individual that for me i think is massive and we don't i don't think we talk about it enough to be honest yeah no, that's that's good um I, I was thinking about the likeness to in marriage like i've talked to young couples preparing for marriage who have kind of put cold water on the idea of date night uh, and mocked as a no we've got such a a good spontaneous relationship we we will go on dates all the time and then you talk to the same couple a year into marriage and um they, they've all sort of come to see the importance of actually prioritizing the things that you see are important i think we we sometimes think that spontaneously doing stuff will be enough and life gets in the way and this sense of i can listen to sermons on a podcast which we can do can listen to worship music at home and sing along and i can do and prayer i can do that but if we if we're not putting in place as you say the the regular schedule i'm going to make a point and this is the time that i do it and there are very few things that i will allowed to shift that out of my diary i'm not saying legalistically nothing can but um to make the bar quite high of what something would need to be for me not to do that i think we do underestimate how important it is and that's that's without considering the community side of it as well i think the the idea of doing all these things on our own it's very Western individualistic, isn't it? It's almost arrogant to think, well, no, what's needed is me and God, but stuff all these other people. The the idea of the church as a body where other people have things to contribute that will bless me, that that without them I'd be lacking. It, it, we're missing a lot of what God's given us in the people, the church. Yeah, very good. I mean, I think you're right. We're, we're in... I mean, we've probably, the ship may have sailed already, but um, turning church into uh, small bits of content that we can consume. And, and even I think I can, I'll go church Sunday um, and the worship and the preach and the communion is all, all consumed content. Um, and therefore it's quite easy to think, well, actually I could listen to a podcast or worship. And actually, if you listen to a preach on a podcast, it will almost definitely be better than the one that I will do on Sunday because you can search the world for the best preachers and the worship band and the worship leader that you listen to will almost definitely be better than what you you get on a Sunday in CCM because you can search the world for the best musicians and producers and and so uh, it, it does it's, it is very deep pairing and individualistic you're right I think um, so I, I think the habit uh, thing is is huge um, and really important I think the other one of um, like the preaching and listening to teaching and kind of listening with other people. Again, I think we've lost a a sense of doing that together as a community and how I, that is a spiritual activity. Um, I mean, I was even um, 
I can't remember where I was reading it in the Gospels, where it talks about um, Jesus when he's just about to deliver his first sermon, they hand him the scroll of Isaiah. And it just says uh, he was in the synagogue, as was his habit. So it, it, almost like Jesus went to church. <laughs> and actually the, the, the teaching and the way that they did that, they consumed it together. It was um, so that the, the kind of consumerism idea is a bad one, but actually the idea of eating and drinking the word of God is a good one, isn't it? So they, they consumed it together as a community uh, and it affected them together as a body. Uh, and I think we've lost that. So on a Sunday, even people would say, oh, that was a good sermon, thanks. Or that, or that you could just tell they're falling asleep in the talk. Um, and actually, we, I think the loss of that is, um, I think we have to think very carefully about that, actually. Yeah, that's that's really good and really important. Um, yeah, I think with like preaching, particularly, it, this is one of the things why I've never been too keen on video preaching as an idea. Um, when you're preaching, there's three people involved. There's the preacher who's got a message that they've they've studied the scriptures, they've got a word and um, kind of some thoughts on how to apply it. There's also the Holy Spirit who's taking those words and making them come alive and doing something in the person. But then there's the listener as well. And uh, that person is a part of the process. It's not just an, an info dump. But when, when someone's preaching well, they know the person that they're preaching to. They know what the, the hopes are, what the anxieties are, what the struggles are. And the application of a sermon is very different. Um, now, when in Ephesians 4, it talks about the, the ministries, it talks about um, apostle, prophet, evangelist. But pastor and teacher are combined. It doesn't separate out the pastor role and the teacher role, but, but bundles them together as a pastor teacher. Mm. And I think when we're looking externally for teaching, it, it divorces it from that pastoral shepherding. Mm. And the discipline you're saying of listening together as a, as a community is being shepherded is being pastored by someone who knows the flock who um who can really use the word to to lead the flock into good pastures and i, I think we miss that a lot and um and we substitute sermon for lecture way too too much yeah i think that's very good because it's easy to critique the quality of a lecture so you can say look well that's all well and good but the guy or girl that we've got preaching isn't very good. And you know what, they might absolutely be right, might not be a very good. Um, but I think the three-way kind of element you're talking about there, actually there is, as a church, as a body, we want to grow together and we want to mature together. And part of that is actually that the preachers mature as well as the people. Um, so I, I talked to a friend of mine, a guy called Liam Thatcher, who preaches in London uh, and uh, he would always say, actually, your preaching is worked out over years and years and years. And actually, your kind of pastoring and leading it through your preaching is worked out over years. Uh, and so um, and so I think that, that you, the pastor teachers really often drip in very similar themes quite often because you're aware. Uh, maybe you're going to forget 90 percent of what I say this week. But over years of doing go, walking through this together. They become better preachers, better teachers, better pastors, uh, hopefully, and the people grow with them. So I think there's some, you get that in the physical, in the way that you don't in the, in, yeah, with your podcast and online church, I suspect. Yeah, yeah, you're definitely right. Um, 
another dimension of this that is worth um, thinking about, because we've been talking a lot about how Sundays are beneficial for the person, mm. which is definitely true. And it's more than just about what benefits you, though, isn't it? Being part of a church is not just you're part of a club that you'll gain something from, but you're called to be part of something. Can you speak a little bit, your experience as a church leader, when you've got someone who you know they're going to be in the room 48 Sundays a year, what is it about that that just is so different for you in terms of how it helps compared to someone who'd be there 30 Sundays in a year? So. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a... I mean, I'd speak as someone who pastors churches that are pretty small. So we are multi-site in CCM, about 300 plus people across the whole of it. But most of our meetings would be anywhere between 40 and 60, usually. Um, and so you can you can kind of know when people aren't around, when they are around. You can it's just easy. You can just look around the room and have a have a, a knowledge straight away. And um, so it, it's for the people that are there every week. And it's clearly high priority. It just you you just add a depth and solidity to the the church just by consistent statement of yeah, of course I'm here every week. It's 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 the one of the most important things I do in the week. And it, I try not to be because we have shift workers, and you know that if they were working nine to five or were retired, that they would be there every week and every prayer meeting and a community group and everything and so some people life is just doesn't work out in the way that they would like it to so um you, I, you know to take it in context i suppose um but yeah i mean it's a, it's a million quid when you know people are going to be there i mean i remember talking to a friend of mine he had really little kids and he was in a small church at the time probably similar to us probably 30 40 but lots of lots of little kids were there and uh, the kids' work was was hard work because they had to take it in turns, the parents, to go and look after the kids every week. And I remember him saying, you know what, I don't want to do kids' work. So me and my wife, we're just going to take it in turns to go to church and leave the kid at home with the other one. And uh, I remember looking at Vicky, my wife, at the time, and both of us kind of eyes wide. And you're like, yeah, there is, there's logic to that because it does make your life easier. It absolutely does make your life easier. That is an easier way of doing things. Um, but actually going through the, the discomfort, difficulty of changing your routine and putting your family or putting your whole life into that routine. Even um, Vicky talked to her, um, the people who, are, her, she's a nurse, when she did shifts, she would say, look, Sundays are really important. If there's any way, I'll do more Saturdays. If there's any way I can be there for Sundays uh, and was able to do that a bit. Um, so kind of that changing your life actually is a huge statement of discipleship, I think. It's not just a pragmatic let's keep the vicar happy so that there's the pews are full on sunday i don't don't think that's the the issue at all um so yeah i think the people that work hard to get there actually just says a little bit about where they're at i think yeah i remember um having a conversation with andy and another guy on our team like a little while ago and he was telling me that his i think it was his sister had joined a church plant and was asking him as someone who's planted church what would be really helpful to be doing as someone joining this church plan? And Andy said, what, what you could do that would be really helpful is turn up every week. And his sister was like, well, yeah, of course. Like that, that goes without saying, of course we're going to be there every week. And Andy says, are you sure? And so she's like, yeah. So like, well, how many weddings have you been to in the last year 
that are in a different city to the one your church planters in? And how many of them did you stay for the weekend? And so maybe six, seven. And how many other weekends away did you have to go and see friends? Maybe six or seven. And did you go on holiday at all? Any big holidays? Yeah, I went away for a couple of weeks. Right, let's add up all those weeks. That means that 15 Sundays a year, you're not in church. If you want to really help, go every week. And he says, I never even thought about that. But she actually changed her pattern to, like when they were going to a wedding, they'd make an effort then to, even though it was inconvenient to drive back late at night, to, to do that and not to stay over. I'm thinking as a church planter to know you've got some people who are going to do inconvenient things to make sure they're in the room every Sunday. That's so life-giving for the planter, but for what it does for the, the church plant as well. New people walk through the door. They see there are people there, committed, engaged, community happening. It's such a big deal, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's one of my big regrets in one of the sites I planted in CCM. In the early days, um, making it too easy for people not to show up sounds awful i don't mean it i needed to be more controlling but i think i just i needed what andy said i needed that kind of look this is what really helps me i know you guys are busy i know you've got loads going on in life um but this i if to to plant this church to get this thing moving would you consider and i'm not going to hold it against you i'm not keeping a register would you consider kind of viewing it in this way and i think even that I think most people, they're not doing it because they're lazy. It just doesn't occur to them because there's always an opportunity to go and do something on the weekends. Uh, and it'll be interesting when lockdown eases, actually, the, the impact that has on people. I mean, I know it myself. I've got, we've all got family we haven't seen in a year or, or, and that need to be seen. And, you know, elder, older relatives, there's an, an urgency to it. So you think, so it will be interesting to see how it plays out. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, you were talking at the start about you think that attractional church is quite a lot to do with this. Um, what shifted in your thinking about attractional church? And what, what does that look like on the ground for how you'd run a Sunday meeting to be maybe a little bit less skewed in that direction, perhaps? Yeah, it's funny. I think uh, attractional church is one of those things that people react against uh, and uh, like and it's easy to badge it as consumeristic and uh, say these big churches where people just turn up and are fed and then they leave and they don't do anything. And uh, I, that's a very, and there may be truth in it, um, that, and it's a very big, easy statement to make. Um, and I've heard people saying, yeah, I, I'm coming out of lockdown, I think people aren't going to want um, these big things. I think people are going to want much smaller where they can have meaningful relationships and all of that. Um, and they'll often bracket that into the Sunday service kind of narrative as opposed to um, the rest of church life. So Sunday is only one element of um, of what we can do together as a people. Uh, and so uh, so there's a react there, there. I feel a reaction often against that without really having thought through what you gain by not doing that or what it looks like. So, I mean, if I go to so most of my time, I was thinking about it this morning, most of my church life is in rooms of no more than 50 to 60 people. We occasionally do a CCM day or a weekend away, which is hundreds. Um, and they become all the more powerful because you're used to just, um, so if I'm visiting a conference or another church and there are hundreds or thousands in the room, I actually quite enjoy the facts. I just enjoy the difference. So like, this is, this is great. I, you know, there's something powerful about that many people 
uh, in one place. And, I, you know, I find the same. I'm a big fan of Woking Football Club, who, uh, if I go and watch them, if I watch them away, I'm one of maybe 20 or 30 away fans watching them. And because it's quite low down the league, there may only be home fans. There may only be a thousand of them. So it's pretty small uh, and it's good fun. Uh, but when I go to Old Trafford, because I love to watch Man United, and there's like 80,000 or whatever it is there, and the roar that it can make on a European night, it's a completely different uh, experience. And, um, you know, you get football snobs who say, oh, so the big leagues at the top's not real football. The Down at the bottom is real football. And you're like, but it's rubbish. <laughs> and that's part of why it's fun. Um, and so the small church and big church thing, often you're like, wow, these big churches, not the real thing. It's actually better when we're in smaller churches. And um, and actually, I think that's a, it's it's far too simple um, to, to say that. I think there are some huge churches in Manchester who do fantastic things in the city and see loads and loads of people saved. Um, and their Sunday services are you know, very polished and very well, a lot high production values. And I hope that they carry on and continue to succeed uh, because they are achieving things that we will never achieve. Um, now, equally, I hope that we carry on and continue to do well, and we'll achieve things that they'll never achieve. So, it's um, so I think in as we think coming out of lockdown, I, there, there, it will be quite easy to react to what has worked and hasn't worked because of COVID and how the world used to be. Um, and I, I, I wonder whether some church leaders will react away from uh, the big when actually they probably uh, probably shouldn't. I think. What do you think, Tom? Yeah, I think my experience with big attractional churches is that they don't live up to the caricature that small church people have of them. So I, I think of friends of mine who go to churches like that, and I just don't think it's true that people turn up on a Sunday, watch a service quite anonymously, and then go home. Like the friends that I've got that are involved in churches like that uh, are committed, they're serving hard, they're turning up regularly they're involved in community groups they've got good mates there similar to my engagement with church it's something that um kind of saturates all of life that happens in the big churches as well um, they're good at integrating new people they're good at seeing community happen and friendships made and um, i think most pastors of churches like that are pretty switched on to the need for these things and the importance of them and maybe when someone who isn't part of one of those churches goes along once to the service. It's easy to think this is all there is and there's no depth behind it, but I just don't think that's true. Um, I think where the danger of attractional is probably is for people who aren't doing that model to look on it and to try and take bits of it and they, oh, the magic of it is in the meeting and in the... Um, really good band and they import that without really understanding all the the heart and mechanisms behind what's going on in the church yeah. and i think particularly this comes into the online thing as well like a lot early on was um was talked about getting really good online meetings and i i think good online meetings are fine but i think that they don't have the power that we think they do nor do really good sundays actually the those big polished attractional sundays on their own don't have the power either mm. but I, I don't think many think they do whatever model they're in um but the guys who are 
in that model, they, they're good at emphasising what Sunday is and what the value is. And it is a, it is a kind of real, it, it's a, a rallying point, a gathering point for, for a community. Like, I mean, your, your example about Woking Football Club is, is great. Like, you, you could talk all you want about being a Woking fan, but Saturdays aren't really that important to it. Uh, I'm a Woking fan all week long. And like, um, that, that's true. You are a Woking fan all week long. But if, if you're a Woking fan all week long, and you have the opportunity to then come together with other Woking fans behind your team, why wouldn't you take it if, if you're a fan? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, if I lived nearer, I would go a lot more <laughs> often, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that's very good. I think I think we've covered a lot there. Uh, my the only other thought I had was um, that kind of for me uh, as that has forced me to think about this. I think was the did the way that we process the online church stuff, um, and knowing my own reactions to it as well. Like in the early days of lockdown, I was absolutely convinced that we would have an online site, uh, and that that was fundamental to who we would be in the future. Um, and so looked at loads of what uh, other churches were doing and, and tried to look at ones that had been doing it for years, not just because of lockdown, um, and realising that I just didn't think we'd ever be able to do it very well um, because the amount of skills you need to learn, and which we could have dedicated time and effort and energy to, um, and I still think those things have real value, so I don't feel very snobbish, I think, about it. I think they have great value, and some people uh, see a lot of fruit in doing them, um, but just realise, you know what, it's such a crowded um, place for that now. I just don't know how it would work. Um, and so did a full swing away uh, from it again. Uh, and uh, part of that revealed my, I just was, was desperate to be around people. So didn't want to give a lot of energy to something that would help people to not be around each other. Um, and also realise if we were, the model that we have, if, if uh, lockdown came again, we'd swing back to it and uh, wouldn't wouldn't go for high production values again but that, it just kind of reveals to me that actually yes the internet is the way forward and then realizing god no this is it's it's it's, se- it's separating us uh, to then come there's a there's a middle ground there which i'm sure we're we will find but um, yeah i just wonder how many churches went through that process of this is brilliant this is the future to i, I don't want any part of this future uh, to to where actually churches will land in how they use uh, the internet, particularly for Sunday services, I think it's really interesting. Yeah, I think that's a really good question. And I think it will open up a lot of other avenues about online and where it fits in the future of church and not. Should, should we make our next one of these a big conversation about yeah. online church and the future and how the internet fits into what we want to do? Yeah. Going forward. Very good. Great. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, you can find more from Broadcast at our website. That's www.thebroadcastnetwork.org. And we'll see you next time.